This podcast is sponsored by AllPosters.com. With a selection of over 1.5 million images, AllPosters has something for every budget and decorating style. Go to CheapSeatReviews.com, click on the banner, find that perfect poster, and use code SUMMERTIME25 at checkout. That's SUMMERTIME25 at checkout to get 25% off your entire order. Check them out today, and thanks for the support. That being said, Khan Noonien Singh is the most dangerous adversary the Enterprise ever faced. He is brilliant, ruthless, and he will not hesitate to kill every single one of you. Did you defeat him? At great cost. Yes. How? Greetings, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. This is episode 23, and today we are talking about Star Trek Into Darkness, the 2013 Star Trek sequel to the 2009 Star Trek reboot. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Chad Pointy Evans. I think that is a derogatory... um... I don't like it. Oh, okay. Oh, Chad didn't get the thing to his face this week. No, there was really nothing to the face in this week, except maybe no. like a phaser blast. But Or just radiation to the face. Right. There you go. Uh, mm. yeah. uh, Cornelius, damn it, man, I'm a doctor, not a torpedo technician. Logan? <laughs> well, I am that, too. Oh, well, good. I'm very skilled. <laughs> and Sam, God! Vector. So I'm the bad guy, huh? Uh, All your life. Uh, yeah, as always. <laughs> so get in the captain's chair, hit the little button that turns on ah. the seatbelt, and let's dive into this show. Woo. And before we get to the Chad part, I wrote it in my notes, <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> Catherine, what so is... So what's this movie about? This is Star Trek Into Darkness, and Catherine here is going to tell us what it is about. The Star, Star Trek, Trek reboot continues with this action sequel that finds the hotter-than-life Kirk and the gayer-than-life Spock, fighting a terrorist threat to Starfleet, aided by an unlikely ally. <laughs> Who wrote that? What? <laughs> so, what? So, Catherine again was in a fun mood, and so that's what she said. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yes. So, so this movie, this, this movie is... It's, by all intents and purposes, the same one that we got uh, in 1982. Um, it's, it's, it's Kirk versus Khan. Uh, if you have not seen Star Trek Into Darkness and you did not know that, sorry, spoiler. Yeah. Um, that's kind of by a... By now, you should know. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, or if not, I, I guess I'm sorry. But yeah. there's... J.J. Abrams' secret box was opened quite a, a while ago on this one. But in fairness to that, he did basically tell everyone that he was not doing a con that it, Chris Harrison was the bad guy and no one knew who the hell that was. John Harrison. Uh, you're right. Sorry, John. Sorry. I was looking at Chris Pine. Yeah. John Harrison was uh, the bad guy. We didn't know who that was or, or what that meant. So, <clears throat> uh, so he, well, he, he technically he was right. He didn't lie. He, you're right. He didn't lie. He just didn't, it was an omission or a, a lie by omission. So, 
Um, That's good. This makes for good continuity. Okay. Uh, so, as we do uh, always... You I, like it. You I, like it. I got it. I got it. No, we all got it. It's just still bad. Um, Chad, go. Well, uh, I had to say that, you know, I really liked this better in the theater when I went and saw it with you guys. And uh, oh wait, that's right. I wasn't invited. <laughs> yeah, a year later, like, <laughs> you're, you're still over not over this. A year later, okay. Yep. He actually screamed out Sean in the movie theater. I, I really did. I found out that you were going. I was like Sean. Hey, that was a better scream than what Zachary Quinto did. <laughs> yes. Good job. So, um, you know, going into it, the first time I saw it, I kind of I really liked it. I I didn't mind all of the the. Uh, all the all the connections to the original, um, I, I kind of you know thought it was kind of cute for a while. Uh, then it kind of really got old, and then it really got lame. Um, um, but um, yeah, I liked. I, I, you know, overall, I liked the film. Good, uh, corny. Um, I, hmm. I like the film. Very good. Uh, it was it was fun to watch again. Uh, right for the fourth time now. And um, it was nice to – actually, I did a little something different this time around, uh, which is uh, I kept reading about uh, the con history in general and then watched this solely for things that I may or may not have noticed um, or Easter eggs I may, not, may or may not have noticed. So it actually made it uh, a much more enjoyable movie this time around. Um, and uh, I will probably watch it again in the next couple weeks. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, and Sam? Uh, I, you know, I, I grew up being a Star Wars fan, never was a Star Trek fan, um, never saw the movies, never really got into the TV show. It wasn't until the reboot where it was kind of a new cha- a change to the type of Star Trek that, uh, that I liked. Um, so with that being said, I, you know, I missed seeing some of the Wookiees. And some of the, <laughs> the droids, is. droids going through, um, you know, just just a few of the, you know, I don't understand why Kirk couldn't use the Force every now and then to to, to help him on the way, but uh, but in all in all seriousness, it was a very pretty motion picture. This was a, a very 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 pretty picture, um, very pretty movie. But doggone it, if the if the story, the intentions, the motivations. The reason it's just crap. It's just it doesn't make any sense, and I'm sure we'll get to some of that later on when we talk about particulars of the movie. But it's a mixed bag. It's it's a beautiful movie with very very obvious cracks in the foundation. Okay, well I um, actively ignored your failed attempt at humor to mix Star Wars and Star Trek. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed a lot actually. Um, uh, so uh, I. I I am one of those people that like both the Star Wars and the Star Trek. I don't think that one you can like you you either have to pick one or the other. Uh I grew up watching both. I just was a fan of that genre it, itself. I did grow up watching Star Trek. I, I have a self I am a self proclaimed Trekkie or Trekker, however you want to pronounce or say it. Um so is, that, is that spelled with a C or a K? What? Trekker. No K. Okay. No, C. No, K. Okay. Um like Trek, as in the movie Trek, T R E K. Is that with the donkey? No. <laughs> I see. That's, that would be Shrek. <laughs> so, anyway, 
I've heard it both ways. Uh, you've heard it both ways. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is a, a con- ogre in space. <laughs> That's the next one that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Michael Myers is actually going to do it. You know. So uh, the ogre is going to be the bad guy that Chris has to fight, or that Captain Kirk has to fight. That's what it is. Uh, so this movie is kind of a, a conundrum as far as the Star Trek universe goes. It, it made the most money, money by far of any of the other films. Uh, worldwide, all told, it made uh, better than half a billion dollars. So it, it was obviously very successful. J.J. Uh, Abrams shows that he can make a really cool sci-fi action flick. Yep. And there's a lot of jokes that said that basically he, he did these two for the, his audition tape for yep. the new Star Wars. His resume. Yeah. Whether that's true or not, we, we obviously can't know his intentions, but I think he, Ernest tried to make two really good Star Trek films. Um, there's some issues. Uh, I think there's actually a lot of issues, especially as the Trek fan inside me. There's a lot of a lot of things that were done wrong, and I think there's some tone that they got wrong, but I think there's some stuff that they did well. Um, so we can talk more about that uh, in of itself. But on the whole, I, I have a good time watching this movie, but I have to. I literally have to turn my Trek brain off because it starts to like heat up and hurt me. So, <laughs> or do you, do you send could it? Oh, Overheat wait, or uh, going to uh, meltdown mode or meltdown? Yeah. Damn yeah. it, Jim! What's the term? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have to eject the core and do something with it. So there you go. So so let's so let's let's just really get into the meat of this movie. The basic plot point of the, is this: is that, uh, and this is a thing that actually pissed off a lot of people, is that they haven't they've not left Earth yet. In the first two movies, they've not really left really our area of space. And that's what people are like, no, we need to go out into space and see more space, but they haven't left space yet, so or left Earth, really. Um, but basically, they're, they're, they're doing their thing, and they go on this, this kind of little simple mission, and then they, they break protocol, as Kirk has been known to do. No. And no. then, um, and, and, okay, so here's, here, we're going to get to the first, first big issue of the movie. The opening scene is really cool, right? You know, they're running in the woods... And the trees have red leaves instead of green, and it's a really cool place. But then, for some reason, the Enterprise is in the ocean. Well, and, and even well, yeah. And just what is the prime directive? Uh, the prime directive states that you don't f stuff up. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. But from what I got in this movie, is that it's basically don't don't interfere with alien life. Correct. You can't right? interfere with someone else's culture that's not ready for you yet. So I'm confused as to why even Spock was in this volcano to begin with, let alone the idea that this giant starship made it into the ocean without these people seeing it in the first place. Well, let's just logically from what I gather from the film, the idea is that the Enterprise somehow touched down into the water in the middle of the night. No one saw it. And the idea is that this volcano is going to eventually wipe out this entire planet and kill everyone. So if Spock goes down there, according to plan, he was going to go down there, drop off his cold fusion bomb, and then get out. And mm-hmm. the, the people would never have known. You wait until the, the next night. They fly up out of the ocean, and you never know that they were – the people never know that they were there. And he, they saved an entire race of people. Of course, things go wrong, and they have to emerge, fly from the ocean um, and to save Spock. 
Okay. It's a cool scene. And J.J. Abrams really loves that shot with the Enterprise rising out of stuff. He did it in the first Star Trek. <laughs> and he did it he twice. Did it twice in this movie. He yes, did it he twice did. in this yes. movie. So my question is this, J.J. J.J., I got you in a room here. I'm interviewing you. Why is the Enterprise in the ocean? Why can't it be orbiting the planet? Yeah. Like every other, know. every thousand other away missions that they go on, they just orbit the planet and you beam down. You could do everything that that scene needed it to do from space. Yeah. And my, my question with that as well is couldn't they beam down this cold fusion thing into the volcano? Let's just say because they, they couldn't, they couldn't because of the gravimetric. Well, Spock had to physically arm it. So okay. I guess the only thought is, is that you couldn't arm it on the ship and then beam it down. That's the Why only, not? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Boom! Movie over. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Or at I, least you know the reason that that uh, what's his name's kicked off the Enterprise. I, I the think they needed you know? a different reason. It's a it was a yeah. cool scene. Again, it looked really neat, and it was fun watching them jump off the thing and, and Bones well, just screaming, "I hate you!" And two things before they even jump off this cliff on on planet menstruation here. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Do, oh do, no! Do we? Uh, why? Why is the captain of the ship and the doctor of i guess the doctor of the ship i don't mm-hmm. know what its title is why are they even in the situation to be chased by these people to begin with because they're the only competent ones to be able to do it that that's just part of the the, the thing that is star trek the captain oh, I, always goes on the away mission it's it's the thing that kirk does it's that insatiable curiosity that he has to he has to be the guy that does it well, that's, you say curiosity, I say sex drive. Maybe he was that, trying to bone somebody. Maybe he's trying to bang somebody, or maybe it's just it's his ego. It could be any number of things, and that's one of the cool things about Captain Kirk is that he he has he has a big ego. I mean, he's kind of arrogant, but yeah. he's, but he's also one of the most you know he's also that everything else that it's all about. Even though his arrogance might get him in trouble, it will always lead to saving other people's lives. Like that's always the goal is to save his crew and his ship and his friends and all that stuff. That's always, he's loyal to a fault kind of a thing. That's what makes him an endearing character. Well, and and I can understand that. That, That's a good way of explaining it. But why are they there? Why are are these two folks there? Why did he steal this parchment or this Well, it's to get them out of that, their their temple, because the volcano was was in that kind of kill zone area. And we even saw that the volcano just spit up a little bit. It, It completely took out the... The temple and the the painted guy looks kind of looks and goes, oh, you can even see it on his face. Goes, oh, we would have all died had we still been in there. It's a good thing this alien thing or this does they don't know what it is. Just this person stole our our relic. But but with a volcano that has the capacity to destroy an entire planet, running two hundred yards away from a temple that might get destroyed doesn't seem like it would do a hill of beans. Well Good. again the the point is is just to get him out of the kill zone area so that Spock can drop his deal. Go according to plan, this this is a still a good plan, even though it's a weird way they executed it. Again, I'm with Chad. Yeah. Just beam the thing down into the into the volcano from space. So again the only reason why they did it from the ocean was so that the people can see them so Kirk could break the prime directive. And that's how they have to kick him back off the ship. Okay. Why they even have to kick him back off the ship, I'm not even sure, truth be told. I think the story could continue with him still being the captain. Um, 
I just, yeah, because his uh, his demotion only lasted approximately twenty seconds. Right. Yeah, he was. Right. Yeah, he was. Yeah. As soon as he was demoted, I was like, "Oh, does that mean Bruce Green was about to die?" <laughs> yeah, that's kind yeah. of that's so. So anyway, so we get back. Okay. So we get back to Earth, right? Yep. And yeah, he gets kicked off the he gets kicked off the bridge uh, off the whatever, and that leads me to my first clip. This is the new thing I'm going to do. I'm going to start playing clips in order as I as we go throughout the story of the movie. So we get to this little fun moment. You give me attitude, Spock. I'm expressing multiple attitudes simultaneously, sir. To which are you referring? Out. You're dismissed. Now, that just kind of shows argumentative Spock, which I actually kind of like. I kind of <laughs> like him being kind of a smartass. He's kind of snarky, and I, and I actually kind of like that. Um, a little sassy, if you will. Yeah, very sassy. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to actually, Leonard... Sassy might have... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe sassy is not the right word. But, yeah, sassy is probably not the, the right but word. He's but he's kind of snarky, and he's uh, he's constantly right, which also just kind of pisses you off. Um, <laughs> uh, he's he's kind of Sheldon Cooper, which is why Sheldon Cooper identifies with him so much in the TV show. It was kind of an earring to watch him be right. All the, never mind. That's right. Continue. So <laughs> I was going for endearing, you know, the ears. Man, you count two puns. <laughs> <laughs> so they he um so anyway, so they anyway so so we have this scene right so then so then Khan we find or with John, James Harrison John Harrison um, James Harrison the football player yes yes <laughs> from the Super Bowl he comes out and tackles somebody he uh, we find out kind of early on that he his blood for whatever reason has healing powers. Magic blood. He has magic blood. He's Wolverine. Su- super blood. Yeah, basically he's kind of genetically engineered. Um, the full quote-unquote history, this is real quick, is that there were, during quote-unquote World War Three, there was these kind of genetic wars, and they were engineered to be soldiers. And like every other good engineering movie, they were they tried to overthrow their creators whenever that ever... That trope exists even in Star Trek. And so they were uh, sent into space... Uh, as exiled refugees. They apparently couldn't kill them, so they just sent them off into space, uh, and they were found and brought here. Khan was woken up. So he blows up a library, which we find out is actually creating s- super secret weapons. And, oh, and can we can we also point out the, uh, the, the bit of ironic taste of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, how it was totally opposite in this case? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, and I thought it was really interesting that how they, they, they played that. What did I, I actually wrote? Did I write that down? Oh, no, I wrote the future doesn't have bomb detecting scanners. I thought that was weird. <laughs> like this place is supposed to be super secret military grade, whatever. And all they do is scan his face. Like, I, but, but that could be, that could be argued out in terms of the con is so smart that he created this bomb. That that would not be detected. Well, right? technically, it's not a bomb. Yeah, I was it was say that. something that um, reacted so severely with water. It's some type of non-earth, obviously, some type of non-earth metal, oh, right? And yeah. that reacted with the water, and then uh, blew everything else up around it because it, they're in a basically a giant locker full of ammunition and weapons. All right, I'm I'm, I'm good with that. Um, Kind of like uh, magnesium on uh, steroids. You can give your ship like a car. Why did I write what? that? 
Oh, they. Oh, yeah. They said, oh, yeah, I've, they've taken the Enterprise from you and they give it back to me and I'm you're going back to the Academy. I thought that was really interesting just how, like, at the end of the first Star Trek, the 09, just they give Kirk the ship and it just it seems like pretty pretty willy nilly. Oh, the ship's yours. No, the ship's yours. No, the ship's yours. I just thought it was really strange. <laughs> um, no, you take that? the keys. I promise. Right, right. Um, so anyway, he blows up and then um, he blows up the thing, and then we get um, this kind of fun. There, there's actually a really cool moment where Greenwood, uh, Christopher Pike, is is having this kind of the the father son moment with Kirk because in this universe, this reality, Kirk doesn't have a dad. So he's kind of given him that fatherly advice that they took the Enterprise from you, but I want you to be my first officer because I believe in you. And then we kind of get this fun little moment. First time I found who's in a dive like this. Remember that? Got your ass handed to you. No, I didn't. You don't? No, that's not what happened. That was an epic beating. No, it wasn't. You had napkins hanging out of your nose. <laughs> Did you not? <laughs> yeah, that was a good fight. I just like that phrase. You had napkins hanging out of your nose. So, so we get this kind of actually kind of a sweet moment, and then of course five seconds later he has to die. Khan goes and kills him with this little thing, and then he gets to then we get to another huge issue within the Star Trek universe. He can transwarp beam from Earth to Kronos, to the plant, the Vulcan, or to the Klingon homeworld, and at that Trek fans were like, well, "Wait a minute! If you can beam from..." one planet in our solar system to a planet not even close to another solar system, then what is the point of starships? <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> Khan, okay, Khan is I, definitely smarter than pretty much I, everyone else. I would assume that he just made a device that... No, he, he no, they, that was their I thing. Think, Scotty... Can, no, that's was, right. Scotty didn't do that. You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Scotty created... It was a device that was intended to... Like there was a device here, and then there was a device on the other planet Mm-mm. that will allowed you to go back and forth between the two. Nope, but like still with the same, like a Stargate. Nope. <laughs> uh, sorry, no, that's not how it worked. It's literally a device, and when he engaged, it transported him from because Scotty's literally holding the device at the end, which I again thought was weird. Why is Scotty digging through the wreckage? Why wouldn't it be like some CSI team? I mean, did that seem weird? I guess it seemed weird to me. If there was well, a, could... if there was an attack at at the naval base in Washington D.C., the chief engineer of the of the aircraft carrier USS Enterprise isn't the one checking the wreckage. Yeah, but Scotty kind of goes where he wants to. He Let's... does. He really does. <laughs> and he can he can he can bad mouth he can he can uh, mouth off to Kirk and get away with it too, <laughs> um, which I may or may not have later. Um, but yeah, it, it's literally a device that, that Scotty, it's his invention. It was his transwarp beaming equation, which he gets all offended. They took my equation. Well, it's an equation you haven't invented yet that Spock gave you in the first movie. So it's not like you invented it. So you can't get that mad. Anyway. Oh, there goes that time travel complex. Yeah. Uh, so, so then he, so then he's able to do that. So again, it's a, basically it's just a way to, to, to get the Klingons into the movie. And I thought it was weird. I just thought it was a strange way to do it. But whatever. I, I would have actually been way better if he would have beamed onto an orbiting ship that took him to Kronos. You know, like he had hired a, a vessel to drop him off. Um, that would have made more sense. Right. So. Anyway. But how does he? Okay. Anyway, it is what it is. So, 
So then he uses the term, he threw me into the bus. I thought that was a weird term to use. Um, they still have buses? Yeah, I thought that was a strange term. They're just flying this time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess we still use words that we used 250 years ago, but we don't use phrases. I guess, I guess we do, don't we? We still use phrases like mind your P's and Q's. I mean, no one knows what that means. Um, except if you know that it means pints and quarts. But... Uh, anyway, whatever. doesn't matter. Just thought it was a weird thing. Um, so then we do this idea that they get these massive torpedoes into the Enterprise, these 72 torpedoes, and what they're going to do is they're going to go to the edge of Klingon space and just launch 72 torpedoes at one guy. And so then I wrote, so it's going to be shock and awe. Got it. Uh, just thought that was really kind of weird and dumb. And then I got really weird how I'm skipping ahead that the enterprise was just modified for these torpedo bays on the side of the ship. Like like was, cannons. Yeah. Like, like a broadside of a, of a, of a naval vessel. And I thought, was that something that they have always been capable of doing in case they need to launch big ass torpedoes from the side of the ship? Or is that something that they did for this scenario? In which case, how did they know they were going to need those big ass torpedoes until they needed them? Well, isn't this isn't there a time lapse? Well, it's five years, but they the Kirk has been playing with the Enterprise, saving planets and volcanoes and stuff. Well, is, wasn't there a time lapse between when the Enterprise between when uh, Pike got killed and when the Enterprise took off? Well, maybe a day or two. I mean, I guess maybe maybe it is a couple of months, but I mean, it, it's not it's not portrayed that way. I just thought it was. Even in the theater, I thought, well, wait a minute. The Enterprise has never had this type of military capability. Like, that's not what she's for. I just thought that was weird. Well, maybe she had it before, and then they took it away. Well, again, we ne- I've never, this, just, that's, a, that's a thing that also bothered Trek fans. It's like you can't just unveil this new thing that the ship can do that has never happened in any other movie or, store, or like anything like that. I just thought it was strange to just, oh, by the way, we now have these giant holes in the side of the ship in case we need to broadside somebody like you know like an old naval vessel i just thought it was weird um i do like the new warp tra- new warp trail that we that they do i hated that crap oh, i'm not a lot of you i thought it was cool okay so from a what is it leaking it's and not, if it's leaking that not leaking. that can't be good <laughs> no, it's like the aftermath of a uh it's like when you like go a chemical reaction uh, okay. It's light. Some type of... No, it's not. Yeah, light. Yeah, but... No, they're going light speed. Literally... All right, now we're going to get real nerd stuff. Basically, when they go into warp, there's literally what's called the warp trail. And it's literally a, a physical thing. And in, in the old shows and episodes of, like, The Next Generation, they talk about trade routes. And you can tell when ships are traveling through warp in these parts of space because literally space is starting to bend on itself because of the whatever. Oh, you're talking about like the tube thing. The tube thing. Oh, when no, they're doing in, the... and they're in the, in the warp. No, not the blue. Rift, that, so that's yeah. That, I'm talking about when they, when he, they shoot off and they leave that trail. It's literally a, a, a I don't know what it is, but I just thought it was kind of a neat thing. I, I can't, I can't get behind that. It, it, it's space 
and if nothing's coming out of there, there's nothing there. Well, they're they're showing they're portraying this as that that these 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 nacelles is what they're called literally are like giant reactors, and it's expending fuel. Okay, then then it is. Yeah, I mean, it literally okay. is a trail of fuel. It's exhaust. I mean, old even in every episode, all the shows talk about the fact that they expend fuel. Um, which, is, which is fine, but it's I think just, it's I it's, think it's literally called ionized plasma. But again, that's just because of, I know that crap from shows. Okay, well, it's, it seems a very ineffective way to. Well, granted, <laughs> well, it's just it's 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 a bunch of dangerous crap that just kind of floats out there, and it's going nowhere. It's not going to dissipate. No, it's sure it will. Yeah, why not? No, it's space. It's never going to dissipate. Why not? Because it's space. There's nothing out there for it to dissipate with. There's no wind unless something else hits it, and then it's stuck. Yeah, he's to that. got a point there. Yeah, I'm going to have there, to agree with it's him. Not going, it's not going anywhere. You don't know how it's going to react in space? Science tells us that. Not necessar- Science tells us that, but this isn't necessarily science. I mean, it's science here's, fiction. Here's the problem you guys are running into, and I've been keeping quiet because I'm just not a big Star Trek fan, but um, <laughs> it's it's the combination of the the Star Trek realism and the Star Wars science fiction technology is almost magic. And the problem is coming that uh, the problem is there that some of this is this bleed over from this the and I say Star Wars, but any kind of science fiction um, where you're just you take it for a grain of salt. Star Wars fans aren't going to sit around With debating the grain the, of salt. The, the, <laughs> the, the, they're not so, going to so. sit around debating, you know, the the wake of a star destroyer. You know, they're going to be talking about how cool the X wings, you know, fly into, I don't know, the Death Star or something like that. I don't know. But the problem is... You're a triple lover. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, you do realize, yes. Sam, that you're basically insulting in a whole a uh, large mass of, of people here. And, and I don't idea. care. Because, <laughs> because, but what I'm saying is, Sam is a there are a whole nother trove of people that just don't give a crap about particles floating in space because it it just it looked cool. It looked cool that as was, the ship was leaving. It's yeah. like the dern fire. It's like the dern you're, burning you're, treads you're, from Back to the Future. You're, it makes no sense, but it's cool. Yeah, exactly. And it's cool to look at. Sam, you're, you're arguing my own point. All I said was a cool thing, and then Corny had to go all oh, I know, nerdgasm I know. all over. Everybody it, so. else here is, is jumping on the. No, I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm just, guys, I'm, just, I'm just making up crap. I don't know. Squared. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, let's just yeah. Hold on now. We're gonna you're, you're starting to offend me a little bit here, Sam. <laughs> Good. Uh, anyway, so hey, this, this, I'm glad this movie is bringing bringing out the violence and all of it. <laughs> well, and this is and this is the the problem. And I wanted to do this movie because I wanted to do. I, I did want to do a Star Trek film, and I'm doing my best to 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 continue to just. To to be a to to critique the film because there's this film's got issues. I got no problem with mm-hmm. that. It's not what we're talking about. But what you're talking about, Sam, is you're not talking about the movie. You're talking about a genre. You're talking yeah. about a, a belief of 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 millions of people. Preach, John. Um, preach. And basically, mm-hmm. and kind of what you're doing is literally you're like insulting someone's religion, and it's kind of hard not to get to take that personally. Or or something that someone else believes no, in. No, it's, it's, it's the same thing as people who would come after me 
with the faults of Jurassic Park. No, no, no. We're talking about something very different about that. You're talking about the fault of a movie. What you literally did was insulted a, a, a people. It's like it's literally it's what you've done. You've literally said you Star Trek nerds have to complain about the stupid little science stuff while we Star Wars fans are cool and hip and all we want to do is look at stuff that blow up. And I hey, mean, Chad, well, go get a sandwich. So yeah, man. So that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is is like I'm trying to just stay impartial here about this whole thing and talk about the movie and not about Star Trek versus anything else. I'm just talking. That's, that's what I'm, but the problem is you guys are running into it. You guys are instead of talking about the faults of the motivations of this John Aronson, we're talking about particles of light floating through space. For one second, we literally mentioned it one time. I just said cool new warp trail, and now we're going to go on. Anyway, good gracious. So, okay. uh, warp two um, into. But before we even got to the warp trail, we had this kind of funny moment while Kirk is is kind of bickering back and forth with Spock as he does on the way up to the ship, and so we get this kind of funny moment. Jim, calm down. I'm not going to take ethics lessons from a robot. Reverting to name-calling suggests that you are defensive and therefore find my opinion valid. I wasn't asking for your opinion. Bones, get that thing off my face. So now I have... <laughs> Bones, get that thing off my face. Forever. And the, and the great part about this, we don't know what thing it is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great part of radio. So whenever, <laughs> uh, whenever Sam starts giving me grief, I'm just going to say... Bones, get that thing off my face. And then he's going to say... I am the law. So, there you go. So what was wrong with Kirk? What do you mean what's wrong with he him? He never got checked out right. from... Yeah. Yeah, he kind of got blown, blown up by up. a ship. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Yeah, he was in a fight. I mean, like, if a cop is in a, is in a firefight, you know, they, he has there, to go to the doctor and get checked out. Well, certainly, but at, at, at a certain point, I remember Bones saying, Kirk, your vitals are all over the place. We need to do so-and-so. Yeah, he said, you just need to calm down, and we need to check you, whatever, and... And he basically just says, "Go away." He does that. Yeah. He does that trope where he's like, "I'm, I'm too busy for the medical attention. You go report to Med, oh, med he, Bay." He did the uh, injured uh, super cop trope. Right. Right. Uh, I just, yeah. I just fell out of a building like seven stories. Yeah, I'm good. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like Kobe Summers does it in the Avengers. She's got a gash, like you can see her skull, and the guy's trying to doctor her up. But well, my Bluetooth thing is way more important than you fixing my <laughs> face. Um. So, so Scotty ends up having to quit because he won't sign for the torpedoes. And he's really upset about this idea that he can't know what's inside the torpedoes. So he, he literally quits and he walks off and then Deep Roy follows him. And, but the next thing we know is that the torpedoes are on the ship. So I was like, who signed for them? Did Kirk sign for them? If Kirk signed for them, then why wouldn't he sign for them and leave Scotty on? Just like, okay, I'm going to sign for them. You just got to deal with it. I thought that was weird. So anyway, the, the torpedoes show up, and then they do that weird torpedo bay modification. Um, and then they go is, down. Is, is the Enterprise, it's for scientific research, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's an, supposed it's, to be, right? Yeah, it's an exploration ship. I guess that's its point. Because it was never intended to be a no actual war vessel. It's, no. Yeah, it's not a war military. Vessel. Yeah, war yeah. vessel. War vessel. War vessel. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. a nuclear vessel. So yeah. for, for the TV show, what... What was the point? What do you mean? Like, how did they keep interest? What did they do? They would go to different they would go planets. go to strange new worlds. Yeah. And, and seek, seek out, out new life, life new and civilizations. new civilizations. Damn it, you got me doing it. <laughs> they, it would just, they would they have went boldly. They went boldly. Um, my, my dad almost bought Declan a onesie when he was like six months old that said, I went boldly. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> um, nice. But yeah, that's what they did. They literally just would... <laughs> 
They would have different so, scenarios. What? So what would the conflict be? I mean, you know, I'm trying to think. It could of, be. It could be they... any, like any number of things. Like one episode, they go down to a, a place where uh, they haven't. They at the colony. They haven't. They haven't checked on this colony in years, and they go down there and they find out that uh, for whatever reason, from radiation or whatever reason, the uh, this this alien has. Uh, taken on the form of this person, it can and can suck the life out of other people, and so they have to eventually find this thing and eventually kill it. Or they have, um, it's any like number of things. A, sometimes they have to. It's a physical thing. Sometimes it's the the engines have gone crazy and the ship's going warp thirteen, and they have to hit the button to keep the ship from exploding. Stuff like that. Okay. I mean, okay, you know, it's like you the, I just I, I, like I said every time I. Popped to pop one on. There was a lot of talky, talky, talky. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's there is a lot, a lot of that. talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that cool. and that's going to happen. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, even Agents of Shield, like action flicks or or action shows, or like even Twenty Four, you can't have an, an hours episode of, of exp- yeah. do what or the like X Files or, or anything. Or, you can't have twenty type of thing. Yeah, yeah, you can't have forty two minutes of action, especially not nineteen sixty six when you know the budget was what it was. I mean. You know, some of the stuff that they did looked real bad, and it doesn't hold up. Oh, and yeah. and they've they've actually kind of gone back and remastered a lot of the old stuff, and they've done some cool stuff, but they've also kind of done some stuff that are really annoying. Like they made they did a lot of CGI on the ship. They actually made a CGI ship, but they make it look like it's a model, which is weird. Like they make it fly through space like there's no weight. It's kind of a strange thing that they've done. Anyway, um, have you? By the way, have you seen the videos on YouTube where they've Eliminated the shaky cam in the old TV show. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> you got to check those out. Uh, well, I'll actually, check. I watched that specifically. <laughs> I <Nice>. watched that. <laughs> uh, that was minutes of fun. Thank so, you. So. so they're going to go down to, to Kronos and try to capture John Harrison, and of course, Spock and Uhura are dating, and they have to have some kind of weird relationship argument that um, is in the most inopportune time. And of course, the argument is ended by Klingons attacking them. Um, and, and the Klingon ships look really, I like the new Klingon ships. I like the look of them. They looked, um, they look like birds. They, they look like look, birds of prey. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, they look aggressive and they, but they look for lack of a better term, they look dirty and they look unkempt, you know? And that was another thing that made people really excited for JJ doing star Wars is that if you think about star Wars four, five, and six, nothing is clean. You know, like all the ships are dirty. They got, in. Yeah. they got pipes everywhere and nerf and herders are just everywhere, the and they're just crapping all over stuff. I mean, like literally, like the Millennium Falcon, which is the the iconic thing ever. You got weird pipes and holes, and like you know, like it's nothing. There's nothing clean about it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's simplistic and it's awesome. And then you look at the first three abominations, one, two, and three. All the ships are sleek and clean and pretty. Yeah. It 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 feels out of place, and so that's why people yeah. went. You see those birds of prey. That's what we want Star Wars to look like. So, anyway. Um, it's going to be really awful if this uh, Star Wars comes out really, really terrible. I don't think it will. I don't think it is, but yeah. just saying. So, so then what do we have? So he captures them onto the... They get, they get, we find out Harrison's kind of a badass. He kills a bunch of the Klingons. And then we have this kind of back and forth. And, we, and, and he doesn't really come out and say who he is. But he, he basically dares Kirk to open up a torpedo. And we get this kind of, uh, again, Scotty, he kicked off and Scotty quit. So Scotty's at a bar hanging out, and he gets a phone call from <laughs> Kirk, and we get this kind of funny moment. Scotty, it's Kirk. Oh, well, now, 
Again, Scotty can say whatever the hell he wants to to, to the captain. I don't so, so wait a second, where was Kirk? Kirk was on the Kirk ship. Was on the bridge. Yeah, or, or the ship. on the bridge. Where was the Enterprise? Under his feet. in space. In space, like on the edge of the Klingon space. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> later on, when the Enterprise is still on the edge of space mm-hmm. and he's in trouble, he can't make a call to somebody else. Who? Kirk. Who does he need to make a call to? He makes a call. Somebody to stop this other guy from coming. Somebody to, you know, to tell them that they are, uh, I don't know, out of power and drifting. Um, Somebody at Starship Command, Starfleet Command. Okay, so in the initial attempt to call him back, actually, that that was actually kind of covered. Uh, In the initial attempt to call back the the big-ass ship, uh, I'll just call it the Bass. Uh, The Bass uh, shut down their communications. Yeah. And he, oh, okay. he calls okay. Starfleet and says, "Tell him we've got Harrison That's in right. custody." And then uh, RoboCop shows up. <laughs> Thank you. With the um, he says, "Dead or alive?" He's yeah, you're, you're coming with me, dead or alive, uh, Kirk. Uh, except that I'm going to kill you anyway. Uh, <laughs> he shows up in the ship, and then when they're trying to escape, and then he beats the hell out of the Enterprise. Everything's broken. They, don't, they can barely communicate with each other, let alone to Earth. So, and at that point, who are you going to call for help anyway? You've got the admiral. Ghostbusters. You've got Thank the you, Chad. you've got the admiral there. So, like, he's the head of whatever Starfleet. So, there's really no one you can call. I just thought it was. So, I don't know if that answers your question, uh, Sam. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I forgot that the communications was down. So, so then, it just seems strange to me that they could call all the way around space through a, from a bar or you know to a bar. Yeah, the call is. Do you accept a call from James Tiberius? I did think it was interesting. I never thought of it this way. In the old series, the communicators, I always just thought, was just a way to communicate from person to ship. But in this, they're cell phones. Yeah. You know, he he gets a text. He opens up his communicator and goes, oh, this is us. And he closes his thing like, oh, he got a text. So they're literally their cell phones. But how, how cool are these cell phones? You just flip that thing and it knows who to call. I mean, I just realized something. What's that? Inside the ship, it was Bluetooth connected. That's how you were just able to speak through your communicator inside the ship. Sure, fair enough. <laughs> Bluetooth. I'm yeah. with you. I'm I'm totally down with that. Uh, and everything's blue in the ship anyway, so why not? So then they go to a planet because Harrison dares them to open up a torpedo, and we get this kind of fun line. Bones, thanks for helping out. Dr. Marcus asked for the steady stands on the ship. You know when I dreamt about being stuck on a deserted planet with a gorgeous woman? There was no torpedo. Dr. McCoy, may I remind you, you are not there to flirt. So how can these legendary hands help you, Dr. Marcus? Bow, 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 bow. Right? <laughs> may I also add another another great thing about this film? Okay. Was the gratuitous uh, naked chicks syndrome so, going on. So yeah. that happened in the first and, movie where we had and, two naked girls. and this one, we only had one. And am I right to say that she served absolutely no purpose in this movie other than to to strip down to her underwear? Uh, no, I yeah, say that. no, no. <laughs> no. Okay, okay, all right. And, and what did and, she do? What was her purpose? Okay, first of all, she saved Bones' life because she opened up the torpedo, and she was the only one qualified to do it. But he wouldn't have been yeah. in that trouble anyway. She had not asked him. But, wasn't but Spock they, the other science officer that would have? Uh, but he wasn't specialized in those weapons. Advanced like weaponry. Was. That was okay. literally what she was there for. The second part is that she's there for 
you not knowing this, Sam, because you've only seen like one other Star Trek film, is that she eventually becomes the mother of his child, Kirk's child. They eventually have a kid together. They don't get married. They just they eventually have a kid together. So that was how they 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 wanted to introduce her as a character. They needed to have her on the ship just for for the rest of us nerds to go. Oh, okay, cool. And then, and, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And then, and then and then and then and then the naked part. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, for even bigger nerdier part, uh, the initial name that she gives Carol Wallace, mm-hmm. uh, I think is uh, shown if I'm if correct me if I'm wrong is a, a little homage to a Janet Wallace that was apparently very early on in the series that was supposed to be what Carol Marcus is now or something to that effect. Could be. It's something like that. Yeah. Uh, could be. So, yes. So we have the hands. Uh, good thing. Oh, yeah. So then, so it was very convenient then that Scotty showed up uh, to find the, uh, the the bass while the other people were there. You know, like he could have been there for like seven hours before anyone showed up or days for all we know. But it was convenient timing. But that happens. Um, and he had his little munchkin friend with him. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. No. Are you sure? Yeah. Then who's he talking to? When he says... To himself a lot, actually. Holy shh. And they cut? Yeah, he's just talking to himself. I mean, if you saw that big-ass ship, you're going to say something No, he, he was like having a conversation before before the big holy shit. With who? He wasn't talking to anybody. Are we sure about this? I think there was... What's, I think he was... Are we... Are you, are you sure you weren't like hearing the communications that were being picked up by the other ships? Or he's literally, he's literally sitting there, and then the voice comes over. Uh, uh, I think bridge the, crew, I you the Munchkin clear. was there. No, we, then we never see him, and he got blown up in the ship. Then <laughs> I mean, oh, and then he was just there at the end. Yeah, so no, he wasn't on the ship. He wasn't on that. Deep Roy stayed at home. He was still wait a minute. Taken. Chat brings up a very good point. Okay, so where's where is the uh, 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 Murloc, whatever that thing is? Uh, <laughs> Murloc. <laughs> it kind of looks like a small int. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, so a mini where, where was this thing? Because it shows up on the Enterprise, and he's yelling to them. As soon as he gets, they, they get beamed back to the ship. It's sitting in the Enterprise. Oh, it's done. Yeah. All right, am I going crazy here? But yes. They, the three of them get beamed back. They're inside of the uh, containment cell. Yeah, it's, he, there's three I, I, people. It's it's Scotty, Kirk, and what's her face, Carol. I've got to. I really thought he and was then saying. They, and then they never show him until the end of the movie, till the very end of the movie. All right. Uh, I promise you, he's not in the. He's not in that scene. Scotty literally flies up. He's kind of looking around. He's like, "What the?" And then the other ships show up. And then he flies in, and he just goes, holy sh... And they cut. No, 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 no. What I'm referring to is, uh, later on, is that they... Sorry, Kirk and um, Benedict Cumberbatch have made to the ship, and they've done the thing, and... Uh, spoiler, folks, he breaks the crap out of uh, Carol Marx's leg. Yeah. Like, he, he, he breaks that crap. And, and so, then, and then hold on, and then he pulls a Game of Thrones and squishes a man's face. Yes. Up. <laughs> Yep. And so, anyway, so the three of them get beamed back because Benedict Cumberbatch is going to blow the ship up with them on it. Yep. Um, and when they get beamed back, they're inside a holding cell, correct? Correct. Okay. And that scene, does he not say, let me out to yep. the end? No. No, that was another character. That was another person. That was okay. The, that I'm, was I'm really tail. sorry. 
That was just security person Bob who's over there. Okay. I really thought, okay. Never mind. That's that's the second time I thought that. And then Uh, I thought, well, maybe, okay. uh, Never mind. Sorry. Thank you. Um, I did thought it was interesting that he reset the, the system and, and he said, someone manually reset our systems. And I thought, literally, I thought, did Scotty hit control, alt, delete? Like, what did he do? <laughs> um, he blue screened. Yeah, he blue screened him to death. I like that idea. That would be hilarious, like, if that actually popped up on the on the viewfinder. Like, that blue screen of death, you must, are you sure you want to reset? That would have been great. <laughs> um, I thought it was weird that the security guy. Enterprise has encountered an error. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you wish to proceed? A stupid Windows 98. Or not 98, I guess. What would be in 2000 and 250 well, years from now? Windows, I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. The joke, Damn it, Bill Gates. The joke is no longer funny. Um, we did have this cool line. I just like when uh, when Sherlock talks. My crew is my family, Kirk. Is there anything you would not do for your family? I just like it when he says stuff and... And that's a really interesting thing. And I think Sam <laughs> mentioned it earlier about people's motivations being really interesting uh, or pointless. Is that his motivation to kill uh, Admiral Marcus is kind of justified. You know, like most of his motivations are kind of like, you know, I kind of get where he's coming from. You know, uh, you know what I'm saying? So... I, I don't really hate Khan all that much, as opposed to like in Wrath of Khan, where the sole purpose is vengeance, is to kill Kirk and to hurt him, not just kill him, but to hurt him as many times as possible and to kill as many of his crew as possible and to make Kirk's life just hell, um, and, as opposed to this movie. So I just thought it was really interesting because you can't have a revenge movie if they haven't met yet, as opposed to Wrath of Khan. So... Um, so you just weighed your pros and cons. Yeah, cool. I get it. Oh, man, that's actually not bad. So then, um, I'll allow it. Kirk and and, and Khan, <laughs> uh, they got to go over to the badass ship, big ass ship, and take it out, right? And Spot gets the great idea. Well, I I got Wikipedia on the phone here, so I'll just call up Spock, which we got that line at the beginning of the movie where he kind of <laughs> talks to Spock. So here's my thought, and again, this is another thing that kind of bothers me about the movie. Um, for those who have seen Wrath of Khan, we kind of know how they defeat Khan. Basically, they use the ability of the starships that Khan is unaware of because he's never been a starship captain. He doesn't understand how a starship works, and that's how they were able to beat him. They just out-clevered him. So when Khan, when, when Spock, new Spock, says to Spock Prime, how did you beat him? I kind of wondered what he said, which made new Spock think, oh, we'll... we'll pull out the people and arm the torpedoes. So I, I always kind of wondered what was said there. So, I mean, Spock knew he was obviously going to be betray them, and that's how he needed armed the torpedoes. And then my next question is, is that... Damn the torpedoes. How did... Oh, then we get this. Hold on. <laughs> then we get this. Damn it, man. I'm a doctor, not a torpedo technician. So... Ah, classic. Uh, the, the original series stuff. Oh, yeah. So we get that, and then... Um, then you get that cool scene where he beams Kirk back and then he, the torpedoes blow up and the vengeance, the vengeance, I think is what it's called. I can't remember. Maybe it was called something else, uh, blows up and there you go. And then the, the, the enterprise loses power and they're crashing to earth and they get the, and then we have the worst 
thing in the movie, in my opinion. You get the moment where Kirk gets to make the sacrifice and he gets to save the ship, just like Spock did in Wrath of Khan. The way you're Spock... Talking to, you're talking about him kicking the, the, the thing and it not yes. really making any difference. That's the worst thing. To me, this is the biggest sin. This is the biggest faux pas, <laughs> slap in the face, kick in the nuts that J.J. Abrams could do. And I don't know why it bothers me so much. What Kirk does to the warp core, the most sophisticated piece of machinery humankind has invented. And he, it's the equivalent of when your car doesn't start, you hit the starter <laughs> with a broom handle. That's essentially what he's done. Corny, you remember those days when my wife's car didn't used to work? Oh, yeah, we, we used a hammer to... Uh... We would literally use a hammer to smack... Well, and, and here's the thing in that, that scene as well. that You could tell the, how it's, it's off-kilter. You know, you could tell yeah. how it's not aligned. You would probably be better, instead of kicking it, maybe kind of pushing it over a little bit or, you know, lifting and pushing, not kicking it down into the hole. Which so you're is saying the it needs a bra. Direction. <laughs> I, the, the scene, the whole scene itself has issues to me. Yeah, First of all, stuff. why would you, if something is that fragile, that can it just be vibrated out of place, why wouldn't you put a freaking ladder to it? Okay, someone's got to work on this thing. You would have to, like, why would yeah. it be convenient and, to well, get? And, and and before you 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 pass off my my Star Wars reference, why not have some sort of R two unit or a robot in that room that could make sure that things are kept aligned? Well, maybe I guess you wouldn't. We don't. They don't in this universe. We don't have robots that can do that type of thing yet. Yeah. May I ask um, a question? Of course you can. How did it get misaligned in the first place? The only thing we, I can think of is that during the battle and all the, the literally the vibrations of the ship being attacked, that it just got off kilter. That's the only thing I can did think get hit of. By like a ton of torpedoes. Yeah, I mean, the ship got smacked to hell. I mean, the poor Enterprise in the two movies that we've seen has gotten bitch slapped a lot. And it's actually another thing that kind of annoyed Trek fans is because the Enterprise is a character. Just like the Millennium Falcon is, or the TARDIS is, or. Um, Serenity is. It's a character in the movie, and you care about the character. And in these two movies, the Enterprise gets shit on the, for both movies, and it's kind of sad. Um, so, why it's on this line? I guess I don't know. Maybe, like I said, the 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 the, the big the big ass ship that's beating the hell out of it, and so it just got misaligned. But like literally in the theater, I was angry. I was physically angry. Like, why are you doing this? You kicking the thing? What Spock does in the Wrath of Khan, we don't know what the hell Spock does. There's literally a tube, and he opens it up, and there's CO2. I mean, it's literally CO2 or maybe dry ice. It's blowing crap in his face, and there's a giant light down there. We don't know what the hell it is. And he sticks his hands in there, and we don't know what he's doing. And we don't care. It's, you know, it's, it's like to go to Star Wars, Sam. 4, 5, and 6 don't tell us what the Force is. We just know that it's a thing and that it's awesome. And yep. then one, two, and three try to ruin it by explaining what the force is. Metachlorine. You don't need to tell us what it is to be yep, to be awesome. And it's the same thing with this. You don't have to have Kirk kick a damn thing. I don't care. You can still have the scene where he gets to sacrifice himself, and we get to have a pretty neat death scene because death scenes are hard to film. And I actually thought that this death scene was actually pretty cool. I. Um, once I'd gotten over my anger from how he kicks the thing back into place, and then we actually have the death scene, I was actually like, okay, this is actually not bad. Spock is actually getting kind of emotional, yeah. and I'm, I was actually on board. 
And then Kirk dies, and then Spock freaking screams Khan. And I laughed out loud in the theater. <laughs> you, I you know, I think I did too. Or we, I literally went. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I remember that. that I was literally. Funny. <laughs> oh, God, Chad. Oh, yeah. One effing mistake, Chad. Anyway. <laughs> well, the explicit tag is going to get on this one, I tell you what. Right, I have to start beeping stuff pretty soon. There's going to be a lot of. Uh, Coming out soon here in a second. So, I'm, I'm gonna I am gonna tell this quick story uh, real quick. When they filmed in Wrath of Khan, the death scene, Nicholas Meyer, the director, he had no idea what Star Trek was when he started this project. He didn't know. He did not realize that in just the two and a half seasons that Star Trek was on in that first movie, that there were so many people that loved this franchise. So that when he kills Spock, the day they filmed this scene. The first take, the take that we see on camera is really the only take that they did because it was the best one. And when, when Kirk and Spock are having that moment, he starts hearing people sniffling and he looks around. The crew is in tears. Literally, the, the camera operators and the makeup ladies and off-scene off extras are literally bawling their eyes out because of, one, how impactful the scene is, but two... This is like one of the greatest friendships. Imagine if Chewbacca and Han had a moment where Chewbacca dies. I mean, it would be an impactful moment. These are like, you know, like they're 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 the characters that you think of together, Kirk and Spock, um, Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. Um, I yeah, don't Bert. know. I don't know who Doctor Who hangs out with, Chad. I just you know, dying Bert. Him, yeah, he, him he and just... the him and the TARDIS. I don't know. So, but in, in this, here's the other thing. Like, how long have Kirk and Spock been together? In this in this universe, in not this that long. in this new reboot, yeah, they've not even been friends yeah. all that long. Maybe uh, about three years, give or take. Because I mean, I mean ma- from '09 I mean, to yeah, and I guess that's that's the difference in the parallel uh, of Wrath of Khan. It's like they've known each other for so so much longer. Oh, you're right. Yeah, in Wrath of Khan, they've known each other twenty years. Literally, the Enterprises, they refer to the Enterprise as being 20 years old. Okay, so they've known each other about 15 years, and by that point. Um, so, no, you're right. There's, that's also a huge difference. But again, I thought that the death was okay. When he screams Khan, completely ruined it. Took me out of the moment, and I got angry again. And then we have another classic moment where we have to destroy a city with something for some reason. And I don't know why we like that. And I... I just think that's strange that there's no there was no reason why I mean I guess they they wanted to show that that in the moment that uh Cumberbatch uh, Khan was at his weakest that he's still willing to basically kill as many people as he can because he doesn't care and he wants Can I to... also add to that I mean how convenient was it that the ship is crashing and that he's able to still pilot it to a specific point on earth Right how how convenient that it for him that he doesn't crash in the North Pole. You know, you're exactly right. Or in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, he just happens to land 300 feet from Star Starfleet headquarters. Poor San Francisco in the last movie got jacked up too. Jeez. <laughs> so anyway, no, you're right. You're very right. Uh, then we get a really cool fight scene between Khan and Spock, and he gets to do the nerve nerve pinch of death, which I thought was pretty awesome. Um. But it didn't work, right? No, it like it took him down and it hurt him, but then he was able to fight back it, fight it, fight it off. I just thought it was cool how they did that. And he hits that nerve pinch, and he 
I mean, it hurt Khan. I mean, normal guys just go to the ground and pass out, but Khan had to fight it. I thought that was actually really cool how they did that. Um, and then he he's getting ready to get his head squeezed in, squozed in, Spock. <laughs> and then he does the Vulcan mind meld, and basically he's like he tries to tell uh, uh, Khan to walk off the edge. And it looks like he's about to walk off the edge, and then he kind of comes back. Uh, he's basically Wolverine without metal. I mean, that's what he is. He can just regenerate that fast. Hey, actually, uh, since you why didn't Khan throw throw Spock off of that thing? There was a couple a times that that probably could have happened. Yeah. Um, you, whenever you're going to have those kind of fight scenes, you always kind of start asking those kind of questions. Like when Spock jumps onto the second one, Khan takes an awful long time before he comes over and starts kicking him in the face. Yeah. But uh, sorry, since you brought up Spock and Wolverine in the same sentence, I actually have something for that. Okay. Uh, there is a comic scene where uh, the X Men meet um, uh, meet, meet Star Trek. Meet Star Trek. Meet, uh, meet people, and uh, Wolverine starts mouthing off to Spock, and then Spock. Uh, uh, nerve pinches him and, pass, and makes him and knocks him out. It's pretty awesome, actually. Is that one of the ones that I showed you? Because I, I remember, you have. I remember I was in a Barnes and Nobles or something back when those were still still a thing. And then the, they had like a fifty cent comic book section. There was a whole bunch of Star Trek comics. And I thought I remembered sending you a picture of some stupid Star Trek crossover with the X Men or some kind of Marvel, and it was real dumb. It was certainly the X Men, and uh, I did read that, and um, it was dumb. And but but the best part is watching Wolverine and his badassness just be taken down by, by Spock. Spock. That's hilarious. Uh, there actually is a, 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 um, a graphic novel that category that, that tells the stories between the first movie and this movie, um, and a lot of them are basically just the same episodes from the original series, just told with the new technology and characters. Um, and then my last note was, even though Admiral Marcus was a traitor and crazy, because think about it, Pike gave Kirk, Pike took the ship back. They gave the ship back to Pike. Pike died. Kirk goes to Marcus, says, give me the ship back. Let me go hunt him down. Admiral says, okay. And everyone's on board with that. So now, now that we find out that Admiral Marcus is a traitor and he was a crazy kind of psychopath and Pike is dead, Starfleet headquarters is like, yeah, Kirk, good, you just go ahead and keep it. You did a good enough job. Yeah, go ahead. I just, again, I, I think, I know he has to be the captain, but I think it was kind of a weak way to keep him captain, but whatever. Um, once they're sure, once it, again, I, though, it, it creates uh, the sloppy writing, you know, where they take it away and give it back so darn fast. Yeah. It's just a sloppy, sloppy writing. Yeah. There's, and, there's no stakes. You know, when, when something as big as that happens and then five minutes later, he's got it back. What's to stop them from doing bad behavior again? Yeah, any other time. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's and that's a, a thing that I I was a little annoyed with is that Kirk has also been kind of known to to be a little cavalier with the rules, mm-hmm. but he just seems a little too cowboyish in this. And it's I mean again Christopher Pine's doing what he's supposed to. I think he's a great Kirk. I really like him. I like his version of it. I, I like most of the characters. I love John Cho as Sulu. I think he's great. Um, especially when he sits in that captain's chair and does that awesome threat to Harrison. Or oh, to, my. To, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Zoe Zaldana is great because she's hot. So there you go. I didn't notice. Uh, Can I ask another question? You may I ask mean, as many as you want, Chad. Great. Um, if the gravity is failing, why does it look like the ship's about to turn over? 
what if the gravity fails in space, wouldn't people just float? The the only thing I could think of is that instead of it like because he actually does say that the gravity thing is failing, so the only thing I could think of is the reason why the ship is kind of turning back and forth and and the people are still there's still a down is that. Uh, actually, I, I don't really know. <laughs> Go on. No, the, the two things that come to mind are this. Either they're trying to tell us is that, that the gravity system can't tell what is down anymore, so it's just kind of making shit up to compensate for the ship turning all over the place, or we're supposed to believe that because the ship is in Earth's atmosphere that there's enough gravity uh, to keep them pointed down towards Earth. That's the only thing I could think of. And again, if I'm or thinking the, if I'm thinking that hard, that again, then there's the, something the, wrong. The writers had to figure out some way to to create peril. tension and peril. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's that's more. That's, yeah, that's, that's closer. Well, they did to what say it is. that um, the ship was you know caught back inside of Earth's gravitational pull as it fell. But I think Chad, you were referring more to the fact that in space, why do they need gravity? Right. Wait, what? Why do you need? They gravity? need gravity to walk on the ship. Correct. Okay. All right. Uh, sorry. I was going to say. Okay. Okay. Never good. Mind. Good. Move along. Moving along. Move Moving along. on. Uh, so they crash. They fight, and they see the movie. And he gets the ship, and they go off, and they have more blue trails of, of dust in the, in the space. Um. So there you go. So a couple things that we didn't do at the beginning that I want to do now. We, of course, we have our comic book connections for the movie. Uh, instead of a game, I'm just going to tell you. Unless you want to keep the game, um, or I can just I tell suck you. at the game. Let's Move do the on. game. Chad, or Corny's up for the game. Sam, you up for it? Uh, what game? It's the comic book connection. Tell me what... Oh. We got some people who are in some other comic book movies. I only did basically the top 15 uh, characters. I didn't start diving into all the other people. I counted one, two, three, four, five, six people who are in other um, comic book movies or shows. Uh, uh, Sam, you got a guess? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. So, well, Zachary Quinto was in Heroes. He was in Heroes. I didn't know if we but, wanted to count that. But yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I know of. I don't know if Heroes was a comic book before or not. I don't think it was. So I, I wrote it in there just in case, but let's say he. Let's just say he's not. So, okay. Corny, you got one? All right, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Zoe Salt. Well, the movie didn't come. Never mind. No, you we'll, can we'll use that because that's what I was. I counted that. Okay, so uh, Zoe uh, Saldana uh, in... Uh, um, Damn it. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Thank yep. you. Carl Urban uh, in Dread. Yep. Uh, oh, Simon, yeah, right. Simon Pegg. Um, oh, gosh. Well, I guess you count the zombie thing because it was more of a... I didn't count that. But okay. I, but he is in another movie that's based on a comic book strip. Okay. Um, it's um, an old cartoon that they all, was also based on an old serial. It's, I think, 1920s. Uh, I'll give you a hu- I'll give you another hint. Um, Steven Spielberg directed the movie, and it was animated. Burn Gully. Did he, did he direct that? I know he produced it. <laughs> the Adventures of Tintin. He was in the Adventures oh. of Tintin. Oh, the Adventures of Tintin. That's what it was. Yep. Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah. What was he in? Sherlock Holmes. If you want to count him as a. That's not a comic book. Eh, you're it's right. A novel. It's, it's... I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Peter Weller's RoboCop. Uh, yeah, but RoboCop was a movie before it was a comic book. 
wasn't it? But it was a, uh, it's kind of a superhero. But thing. I counted him, but not for, for, for that. Just because you're a superhero doesn't mean you, you, oh, you get Oh, he a, was the voice of, um, oh gosh, who's... Uh, uh, you'll get there. Yeah, but it's, he, it was a voice acting. Was it Optimus Prime? Mm, uh, wasn't well, that Casey Kasem? He, no, oh. he did do voice acting for the, uh, for the, for that. But again, I didn't count that as a comic book thing. Because again, it was a cartoon before it was a comic book. He he was in uh, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns. You might yes, not have. He is, okay, that is what I got. And the other guy I have is Bruce Greenwood. Was the voice in Batman: Under the Red Hood. So there you go. Oh, oh Billingsley was in Cowboy Bebop. Again, you're going way past where I went. So <laughs> show uh, tropes. I, uh, I I wrote some tropes. Uh, man kills himself to save his child. Um, like what you said, the opposite of the good need of the many outweigh the need of the few or the one. And that, in which case, I'm going to kill many people in order to save, to maybe save my kid. He doesn't really know. He just assumes that the blood will, in fact, heal her. Um, you got the trope. Because he's Wolverine. Right. I mean, you're gonna, you get the trope of, you're going to want to come see this. You got that one in there. Um, if you want me gone, you better kill me trope. You want me? You want me out of this chair? You better kill me, or I could just stun your ass and drag you out. That's a cool one. Um, and how about the How about the heart to heart in a bar? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. That know, goes that back to that goes back, That's the trope of all, all all issues are solved over beer. I guess in this case, it's yeah. uh, it's a whiskey in a small glass with a round ice cube, or a spherical <laughs> ice cube. Because in, in 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 the future we use spheres, uh, and then the all due respect. With all due respect, but basically it's another way of saying, you know, it's it's like, uh, bless his heart. It's just a military term. You know, whatever after it is going to be, you know, shitty. You know, with all due respect, you're a dumbass. You know, all oh, bless his heart. He tries so hard. That kind of thing. Trivia. Um, here you go. Here you go, Sam. This one's just for you. Uh, at about an hour and seventeen minutes and eighteen seconds, when the vengeance fires on the Enterprise. When they are both at warp, one can fleetingly see an R2-D2 being sucked out into space along with various debris tools and Enterprise crew. Oh, that is awesome. Yay. Yeah. I'm checking that out right they did that. They did that in the 09 <laughs> one also. Yeah. Uh, Benedict, the debris field. Yeah. yeah. Benedict Cumberbund's character was not revealed <laughs> to the actor until a week after he was cast. A studio representative flew to London from L.A. with the script handcuffed to his wrist. The mention of the ship USS Bradbury, Sam, you might get this one too, is in tribute to science fiction writer Ray Bradbury, who passed away. Oddly enough, in the awesome epic that is Star Crash, corny, at the beginning of the movie, they actually call uh, Admiral Bradbury to the bridge, which is, again, a reference to Ray Bradbury. In Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, Uhura... um, to Michelle Nichols' objections, was unfamiliar with... Uh, with Klingons, Klingonese during their covert mission into Klingon territory, the alternate reality Uhura this time is better fluent in the language while the while in Klingon space. That was a big, again, a, a weird thing, but whatever. Yeah, and one would think that little thing in her ear would have been a little smaller. Well, the other, uh, which one, the new one or the old one? The new one. No, that was the exact the, same prop. Was it? It just yeah. seems like the technology would be a lot better. Now that we know that that kind of thing can can work in something the size, you know, of a Bluetooth microphone. Yeah, I just 
I think that was just kind of an homage to the prop. That would hurt my. I think it hurt an ear. Yeah, you think it would, don't you? Shoo. Uh Christopher Duhon was. Uh, he's the son. Duhon. <laughs> is the son of the original. Uh, <laughs> nice. Who was that? Um, was that ICP? I don't was that, remember what was that, that was. No, that Dude, was um, Ramstein. 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 Yes, folks, the uh, the six foot three, <laughs> three hundred pound black man does. Ramstein <laughs> doesn't know that one tune. German the, run. Lost. Uh, the son, uh, see Christopher Duhon, the son of the original Scotty James Duhon, makes a cameo appearance in the film as the transport officer alongside the current uh, Scotty Simon Pegg. Let's see. Oh, there was one I missed. Oh, well. Uh, and then we actually had two other Star Trek connections that were in other Star Trek things real quick. Uh, Scott Lawrence uh, was in uh, a Voyager episode, and Peter Weller was in an episode of the Inter- of Enterprise. Ooh, did y'all catch the uh, the name of the shuttlecraft that took him from Earth to uh, to the Enterprise? Uh, no. Oh. It was the Decay. Was it really? Really? Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> my. Are you serious? That's the thing? I am... It was in the first movie too. It's the same thing. Weird. <laughs> it was it take a them to the thing. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. So now this is just uh this is a uh, thirty seconds of me just kind of being a, a, a we just had Father's Day, and so uh, here. So this is just me taking a few seconds to just say thanks, Dad, for one uh, get, introducing me to Star Wars and Star Trek, and I have immensely enjoyed it. If you think back to the to the opening of this movie and the 09 movie, Corny, you you are a huge fan of Michael Giacchino, as I think we all kind of are. The music, the soundtrack of this movie is great. Oh, the soundtrack's oh, amazing. The, the soundtrack is. is great. So I want to play something for you. This is the opening line of the movie, okay? So here we go. Just Just hang in there. It's about a minute long. That's your dad, isn't it? That's my dad playing French. I was going to say that that sounds uh, like a little bit of the same action. Yeah, that was dad. He's like French horn. Yeah, it was uh, obviously a little louder than the uh, than the original recording, but uh, I I didn't I, I didn't have the technology to rip out the original French horn and just insert dad's, so I had to play it over it. But uh, I I wanted to because well dad he could play it you know and so I just thought it was cool so that was for you dad I know you don't listen to this podcast but that was just my <laughs> little um, my little thing for you so uh, maybe I'll make him listen to this episode yeah I doubt it yeah I doubt it too <laughs> you um, will listen to this episode and you will like it yes <laughs> what voice was that <laughs> I am I Rajesh Kutrapali all of a sudden. Uh, yeah so I think this is the last yeah this is the last clip I have okay. Oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, Corn. I had to I'm find you when I find you. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what Spock should have yelled. <laughs> right after Kirk's death. Right. <laughs> Everyone walks in and goes, Malachi? Yeah. yeah instead of saying Khan. Yeah. Instead of saying Khan, he screams that. That's great. I will. I, I shall be in. Oh, sorry. I will be in Forever Shall Be Your Friend. Or I am in Forever Shall Be Your Friend. Malachi! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. We should uh, definitely do that. Yeah. I have been and always shall be your friend. Yeah. Yeah, that this is to show again how much of the nerd that I am. I, my, one of my best friends, Chris, uh, I was his best man at his wedding, and uh, at the end of the best man speech, I, I actually used that line, and I looked at Chris and I said, "Hey, I have been and always shall be your friend." Now, my dad was the only person in the room that knew the reference to Star Trek, but it's still a cool line. So, so there you go. At my wedding, uh, I didn't, Chad, nor yours, Corny. I'm sorry. So, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I think, my, I think my mom would have been like, what that boy say? <laughs> um, anyway, but... All you had to do was just invite me to go watch a movie, and it would have been okay. <laughs> I know, Chad, and I am sorry, and I feel bad. Um, continuously feel bad uh, for that. So normally we would do the out of ten, but because the top three ties in directly back to what we're going to talk about, we're going to do our top three, which in this case we actually just decided to rank all 12 films. I think, Sam, you suggested just do top three and bottom three, right? Yep. All yeah. Right. You- so, um, I just went and did all of them because it was just easier for me to do it that way. So, Chad, your bottom three. Ooh, I think, bottom. let me ask this, except for Sam. Sam, you've only seen like three of these movies. Yeah. So, which is fine. So, Corny and Chad, this is directed to you. Are any of us in disagreement that Star Trek V is the worst of all of them? Uh, uh, that was one with God need. What does God need with a spaceship? Yeah, what does God, yeah. What does God need a starship? <laughs> exactly. That was the one That's William that. Shatner directed. Yeah, that's, that, that's Final Frontier, right? Yes. Yes. It is horrendous. So we're good there. So the question now is, what is your second worst, second least favorite, and third least favorite? So, Chad, go. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, one of those Picard versus the Borg was pretty bad. Uh, Nemesis? Uh, well, he... The, 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 or generations. Yeah, the generation, the next generation crew did four movies. Called one was called Generations, where he has to fight uh, a space ribbon thing. This, the, then he did First Contact with Zephram Cochran. You have uh, Insurrection, where he has to fight invisible aging people. The guy who killed Amadeus Mozart, can't remember his name. Okay. <laughs> and then you have Nemesis, where he has to fight uh, Bane from Batman. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't have a Bane in me today. <laughs> Oh, yes. Your punishment will be most severe. That's a close second. <laughs> I don't know. That's a toughie. Okay. Into um, the darkness. I was born into the darkness. There you go. Yes. There you go. <laughs> nice. I don't know. I'm going to have to pass. Oh, okay. You, just, you couldn't pick just two of the worst two? And I, just... I just couldn't pick two of the worst ones. Okay. Uh, Corny, you have kind of an order other than five uh, being the worst. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with uh, Generations. Okay. Insurrection. Yep. And a first contact, oddly enough. Really? Okay. Yeah, well, I know. Ultimately, I had more fun with other movies above that. All right, fair enough. And so. Uh, okay. Um, I would disagree on the first contact, but fine. And Sam, you've only seen, like I said, three. So I guess yeah. we'll do top three. So Sam, what are your top three? I guess it would be um, probably 09, this one, and then Wrath of Khan. Yeah, actually, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
that's where I, I do it. I think literally, Sam. I think if if you and I sat down, because did, did you watch it with me, Wrath of Khan, with me, or did you watch it by yourself one day? I watched it with you. Yeah, I, I don't like... remember doing it. I think you and I should yeah. literally sit down and do on throughout the course of a couple of weeks, watch two, three, four, and six. And I, th- and, ra- I and I think yeah, skip five. And I think <laughs> I, th- I think I'd rather have an acid enema. Really. I see. Yeah. That's just that's just. I'll I'll sit down and watch it with you, Sean. I just I think because Sam, you're you're literally, I literally think you need to watch, at least watch Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. There's there's some yes. good movie there. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of Trek in that one, really. There really isn't. It's a lot. It's just a good because there's a cool court scene and there's an assassination and there's a lot of actually in a prison escape. Like there's a lot of kind of fun intrigue, uh, fun to that movie. Now, so, don't get me wrong. I, I I like me some sci-fi and I like me some realistic sci-fi. It's just the storytelling needs to be good storytelling. Well, again, you, uh, Star, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan is considered by ninety percent of Star Trek fans as the best film, and it's yeah. a good story. You can't. Yeah, go if wrong. I remember, I, I would not. I would not say it's a bad movie. Yeah. I don't remember not liking it. Yeah, it's it's a legitimate. I if I were ranking them for you, I would have put Wrath of Khan first, but it's probably just because you've only seen it once and. It's yeah. it's thirty two years old. So and and I am a action sci fi fan. I'm a Star Wars right. No, I, I get that at the heart. So of course these the 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 two Star Trek Star Wars resume films here that J.J. Right. Abrams did is going to appeal to someone like me. And I get that. I totally get that. You know, you don't want a thinking man's sci fi. You just want explosions and chase scenes. <laughs> yeah, and that's, well, and that's and fine. This, yeah, these were not thinking men movies. They were not. Not by any means. In fact, if you started to think, you you kind of like got confused and started questioning yourself. <laughs> so, uh, so Chad, do your top three. Uh, definitely Wrath of Khan. Okay. Um, and then, um, uh, I liked four. Okay, yeah, that was fun. It it was just the whole them going back in time and having to deal with modern day crap. Yep. Um, I thought it was fun. Um. And then probably uh, the the O nine version. Okay. Star Trek O nine. Cool. And then as an honorable mention, I don't. There was one. Which one was it? With you with the Picard, the Picard crew, there the Next f- Generation crew. There were four. That there were four of them. Mm-hmm. One of them where they go back and they meet Kirk. That's generations. That generations. Yeah. Okay, I think I like that one, but it's been forever since I've seen it. The generations has some fun to it kind of but there's a lot of stuff that was really annoying and uh chris barton a friend of ours mutual friend of ours uh, we've had this discussion that the star trek writers realized that they screwed up with that particular movie that it took them like seven weeks to write the ending of the movie and it's a really bad ending and it took them like a week and a half to write the series finale for next generation of the best of both worlds and uh it was a way better that two-hour episode finale is better than that two-hour movie, which is kind of sad. Mm. Anyway, because to me, my issue with that movie boils down to Kirk, the greatest hero that the galaxy has ever known, is killed by scaffolding. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, spoiler. But I mean, you know, but it's still the movie does have its fun moments. Uh, that particular movie has a special place in my heart just because it was the first movie that my dad and I went to go see together in the movie theater that I remember. So I, I have a special I, – I have the nostalgia behind it, but once I get past that, it, it's not a very good movie, in my opinion. But if you like it, hey, again, 
That's fine. Well, it's been forever. I'm, right. They yeah. all they all kind of run together. And they kind of do. Seen them in yeah, I mean, forever. Most of you, the three of you, are not like me. I literally watch a Star Trek movie about once every two months. I just got to put one in and watch one. So, and that's again, that's me. That's my issue. Was uh, Insurrection the one where they fight the Borg? No, that's First Contact. Oh. Insurrection. They they go to this planet where people basically live forever, and there's this other race of people that are dying very quickly, and they want to use the planet's energy to create this serum so they can live forever. And so basically, they want to make a spirit bomb, and then uh, yeah, actually, that's pretty <laughs> accurate. But the spirit bomb will kill everyone on the planet. True, that's, that's actually true. pretty accurate. Like a spirit syringe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I'm with you. That's a good one. The 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 the, word, the the part of that movie that jumps the shark is when Riker hits a button and a joystick comes out and he flies the Enterprise with a joystick. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh god, on the I battle love. bridge, I remember now. Yeah, that kind of jumped the shark. There was actually a couple other moments that that nuked the fridge, but whatever. Uh, so, so Corny, what, did you do yours? I I haven't done mine okay. yet. Um, would you like my twelve in order? If you want to go it real fast, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, and I'll try to keep mine fast, too. Right. Star Trek, uh, 2009, uh, Into Darkness, The Voyage Home, Nemesis. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that, mm, no. <laughs> sorry. You did Star write Trek. this down, right? I did, actually. Uh, so you 09, got, so you sorry, got Star Trek 09. 09, Into Darkness, okay. The Voyage Home, uh-huh. Nemesis, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, The Motion Picture, The Voyage Home, First Contact, Undiscovered Country, Insurrection, Gener- uh, Generations, and Final Frontier. I think you need to come over and watch First Contact again because I think you have a misconception of that movie. Anyway, I'm with you, though. Uh, actually, I'm not with you. I actually disagree with about 90% of your list, but that's okay. Fair uh, enough. Sam, you had I yours. disagree with it, and I've not seen half of those. Yeah, I, yeah I, <laughs> I really think you need to come over and watch some more sometime. Um, I deserve that. You're right. And that's fine, and that's perfectly fine. I, I did, I'm going to go from bottom to top. I did um, five, Insurrection, the motion picture, just because that's painful to watch. Generations, three, Into Darkness, for the voyage home, Nemesis, the 091, first contract, contract, first contact, uh, Wrath of Khan, and then Undiscovered Country. And literally, I can flip a coin on either one of those. It's just today when I wrote it, I was in the mood that it was Undiscovered Country. Um, there was a really cool poll that came out right when Into Darkness came out. And they polled um, all the Star Trek fans at the Star Trek convention uh, out in, LA, or in Vegas. And they said, list the 12 movies in order. And they actually did a write-in. And um, Into Darkness was last. I mean, it was last past Final Frontier. That's how Damn. much that the Trek fans hated this film. And about halfway down at about seven, they put Galaxy Quest. Because, <laughs> they, because that movie is, is a parody of Star Trek. But it was a better Trek film than some of the other films, which I thought was hilarious. So there you go. So that's our top three. So again, in my opinion, Star Trek VI is, again, my favorite. But it could be Graphicon, just depending on the day. So out of ten, we're going to do our typical out of ten for the movie. Um, right? I don't have any other things I need to say or play. No, no, no okay, email. Or oh, well, we do email in a second. So top ten out of ten, uh, Chad. Um, um, how many blue crystal trails, warp trails, would you give this out of ten? <laughs> Um, I would give this probably a strong six and a half, seven. Okay. Let's go seven. Seven. All right. I'm with you. Uh, Corny, how many awkward naked Alice Eve scenes would you give this? 
Well, if we're full of those, then I have to give it a, a right. 10. But um, I, I, I think I would do the, the, the six and a half to seven, but we'll go with seven. I, the, some of the things in the story just really took away the movie, but the movie was enjoyable, but the story was not sometimes. Yeah, I understand. Um, uh, uh, I'm just going to say Sam, cause you always have your own. So Sam, <laughs> no, you know, I, how about this? I, how many, how many star Wars resume building movies would you give this? Out of 10? <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, it, I, 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 I've got such a conflict in my head cause it, it is beautiful to look at. The visuals are stunning. The music is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So you got to give those two towards it. The problem, like Corny said, the story and and just some of the, like you said, the technology doesn't work in this world um, type of thing. I'd probably give it, what, f- five midichlorins out of ten? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So it, average, you know. That's what you get. I, I don't think I, I'd want to watch it again. I, I, I've seen it twice, and I think that's all I need to see yeah, it. And that's fine. That's fairly fair. I, I've watched it. I've watched it a bunch, but that's just because it's an easy film to watch. Personally, you know, it's just like, oh, I'm I'm at work and I don't, you know, Pandora is just not doing it for me. I'll put my load my iPad up and just throw it on there because it's an easy watch. I don't have to pay attention. So, but yeah, you're right, Sam. There's a couple of things in this movie that are for no reason. Why does the Enterprise have to live in the ocean? For no reason. There really isn't one. And I so want there to be one. You know, every time I watched this movie, I kept thinking, they could have done just a little bit better here and there, and this could have been such a good film. From all that I've heard about Star Trek movies, is it it was for intelligent people. It's people that, that want to think. People that want to be be shown something. And this movie just doesn't do it. Yeah. And it's and it's not and I think it's not even just it's yes, but not even just that when people think. People want to to watch the movies and and be engaged and into not just to think but to be thought provoking stuff. Now granted, and this is an argument against Trek fans, because a lot of quote unquote Trek fans are also huge fans of the show. I'm more fans of the film. And the two best films are the two most violent ones. So that you know what I'm saying? Like Wrath of Khan, there's not a whole lot of thinking. It is, it's, it's quite, you know, simply a revenge film, you know? Um, and An Undiscovered Country is kind of a espionage type thing. So, yeah. yes and no, again. Yeah, and, and what really killed it for me was the death of, of the captain, mm-hmm. and it was Captain Kirk, yeah. and then five minutes later, he's alive again. If they would have kept him dead... And had that reveal for the third movie, I think that would have been a more interesting end and a more impactful end. So why don't we just put Kirk inside of a thing and shoot him off and say of all the people in the world, all the people in the universe I've met, he was the most human. (laughs) Yeah. And then shoot him off into a planet that we're rebooting. Yeah. Or or you have a stinger at the end of the credits with with his... Eye flickering or something like that, or his hand comes out of the ground and he goes, <laughs> right, "Zombie oh, Kirk, right. zombie Kirk." Zombie I Kirk. just, I just think it, it, it ruins, it just ruins credibility when you can reverse such dire consequences in so little a time. Well, death has no meaning now. Yeah, yeah. But, able... Have you, you seen that uh, that episode that uh, how it should have how ended? it should have ended? 
Yeah, they're like, well, death has no meaning, so we're just going to give everybody a shot of this super blood, and you can live forever, and we have no need for starships because we have these. Yeah, you're right. The the movie creates some flaws. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, that's it. That's kind of our movie. Um, cool. Well, yeah. What do we do now? Emails, right? Is that, was that a thing? Oh, we, we got some emails. We have we have an email. All right. Ah, unless in the last while we were recording, something has changed. Uh, and we have ah email. This is from Jeff. This is our buddy Jeff. He's uh he's the only person. He's the second other person I know besides my buddy Dave who still uses AOL.com as a thing. Hey guys, it's me again, Jeff. Just realized an entire movie category you have skipped over. You have watched horror, action, sci-fi, even tried rom-coms. <laughs> but you have never tried to do your thing. To do your thing. I like that. Um, to, to do what thing, you mean? Oh, the... Bones, get that thing off my face. Oh, that thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, you've not tried to do your thing to an animated movie. So how about adding one of those to your list? Some of those, some are not just for kids and have some edge, edge hidden in them, like Monsters, Inc., while others like South Park are not meant for kids at all. Thanks and keep up the good work, Jeff. Well, thanks, Jeff. So, huh. so while I actually I got that email yesterday, so I, I kind of cheated. Um, and you, guys, you know what and you, you know would be a really good one? What's that? I don't know if it's streaming. Rango. It was. I don't know if it's still or not. Um, and we can change whatever one we want to do just yeah. because, um, I didn't know for a couple of reasons. One, I didn't know if you guys had seen it Two, to kind of counterbalance what we just watched. I threw <laughs> in the star Wars, the clone wars movie that they made. Did you guys even know that that was a thing? I no. didn't know that was and a I thing. refused to watch it. Oh, well, Sam, did you know that was a thing? No, I didn't. They, they, it's the called it's the clone wars. It's the movie between. Uh, and the, the, which created the Clone Wars series that Cartoon Network so did so well for like five seasons. It's in between episodes two and episodes three, with Anakin and um, and Obi Wan. And Anakin gets a Padawan who's a little female who uses a dual. She dual wields. So anyway, uh, I threw that in there. If we don't want to do that, we can do something else. That's just what I threw in there because because uh, I did. Is that it? Oh, I'll watch it. You, know, you made me watch. Uh... Oh, wait. There's, there's another thing. Okay. A while back, um, our, our only female listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we've got she... two now, I think. I guess. Yeah, we I think heard, we've had two now. Heard we... from them okay. in a while. But... Yeah. Anyway, she had. Uh, I believe she had made a request for uh, st- uh, a Stallone. I was reading through some old stuff. She made a request for Stallone <laughs> to do uh, apparently a phrase in in, in French. Uh, I think it was a oh okay. <laughs> Have you been practicing some Stallone? I did. I did actually, oh. uh, and I practiced French <laughs> phrase. It, it's it's a very appropriate phrase. Um, so do I need a do I need to get the Nerf herder ready? No, no, no. It's actually it's okay. Okay. Uh, merci, uh, merci pour le quitter. Yeah. There you go. That's it. <laughs> what is that French for? Thanks for the email. So thank you for listening. Actually, thank I you think. for listening. Oh well. Thank all, you. all I have Stalin. to say to that is, <laughs> so thank you for that. Person. Uh, <laughs> I'm never getting rid of that. I'm just, just want you to know. No, I know. I there know. you go. So what are we doing next week? We are uh, changing in front of uh, Captain Kirk for no reason at all. Oh. All next week. <laughs> is that that's all we're doing? 
I mean, Actually, why did uh, she have to change clothes in the shuttle bay? Like, why couldn't she have done that in her quarters? Like any normal person. What was the need to, sh- to change clothes? There wasn't. She had to get into her bomb detection outfit. I don't know. Again, she could have. Okay. There was, there was no reason her. to get her naked other than for JJ to go, let's do something for the 12 year old boys in the audience. Yeah. Which he apologized for, by the way. He did. Um, oh. Waiting for you, Corey. Oh. Oh, yeah, what are we doing? Sorry, I thought you guys were still talking. No. Uh, actually, and uh, also uh, for our one of our two female fans, we're actually reattempting uh, <laughs> to do it right this time. We're going to actually watch a legit rom-com, one that you actually suggested. And uh, Drinking Buddies is actually on the list for next week. And unless something changes, this is what was up. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. All right, well, there we go. That's it. Um... We're running kind of late, so what are we watching? Who cares? Um, I bought the Lego movie today, so I'm going to be watching that. And Everything is awesome! That's right, it will be very, very soon. Uh, that's it, great. So, Steve. So, thanks. special thanks goes out to allposters.com for sponsoring the show. Check out our, go to our website, cheapseatreviews.com, and, and click on the banner and save some, some buy some posters or whatever. I got a cool... The Amazing Spider-Man uh, poster hang- is laying right behind me, which um, uh, I got. Um, thanks for Sight and Sound Actually, AV. Actually, it's just me in a tight. Oh, <laughs> there's that. Sight and Sound <laughs> AV uh, for my gear. I appreciate it. Steve Everett for our intro and outro music. Thanks, Steve. Check him out at steveeverett.net. Um, he's doing some shows. He's actually doing a show tomorrow, as we record this now, in, in Charlotte. So check him out there leave us a review on itunes and stitcher we love to read those they are very nice and you guys are really awesome you listeners are really awesome i just want to say thanks for what you guys do uh we do it for you guys and because there's free beer um like us on facebook facebook.com slash cheap seat reviews follow us on twitter at cheap seat cast um i'm actually going to get a quote-unquote intern to start tweeting stuff because i'm terrible at it at twitter so expect more to come Please send your emails to CheapSeatReviews at gmail.com. And on behalf of Chad, Sam, Corny, this is Sean saying good night and live long and prosper. You damn right. Or two. Make it you, can't even, you can't even save your own sheep. Bones, get that thing off my face. Click. You know you can't do that in, in, in states outside of Nevada. It's, a, it's terrible. <laughs>